Hey guys, just before we continue on with the podcast, we have an announcement. Exciting. We are now offering paid subscriptions so you can support the Neil and Jordan podcast. For example, our $10 a month subscription where Neil and I will answer a question from you in depth on our podcast. Or for $50 a month, we will do an entire podcast based on your topic suggestion. Now, obviously, we can only do so many questions and listen to suggested pods, so... These are strictly limited. We also have cheaper options all the way down to $1 a month, which may not seem like much, but collectively it all adds up because that's how addition works. So for as little as a dollar a month, you can support two comedians talking like experts on subjects they are definitely not experts on. To find out more or to subscribe, go to neilcolehatka.com slash podcasts and rest assured if you're doing it tough or if you're just a scab, we will still be offering all full podcasts for free. So that's neilcolehackcard.com forward slash podcast to support. Thank you and back to the podcast. All right. Here we are. Jordan, how are you going? Good. I'm good. You, you seem quite chipper today. I just had a coffee. So <laughs> you know me. And I had two today as I well. need my latte. <laughs> if I don't have my latte, I'm just... You don't want to know me. Yeah. I become a bitch. I'm so weird like that. (laughs) I'm so, like, I'm just weird, you know? (laughs) I hate that. I hate when normies declare that they're weird. Yeah, they never are. are No, they're normies. Yeah, yeah. I'm just weird like that. That has to be those top ten. It's those, you are a connoisseur of chicks on Instagram, aren't you? I don't know what that says about you and your personal type. In many ways. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a big I'm a big fan. <laughs> You're a big fan of the gram. <laughs> You're really good at nailing the peculiarities of them. And I'm really glad that someone's finally I wish it. I wish it, uh, that sentence was still true if you took out peculiarities, but it's it's not. <laughs> you would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. It's look, it's the double-edged sword of chicks on Instagram, isn't it? They're but hot, every every but girl's dumb. Every girl's on Instagram. Yes, but There's some smart what we're ones on there. Is, well, I've gotten some DMs from girls who listen to this podcast. I, again, to this day, I don't know why, but there's good a point. few. Uh, th- do you know what's crazy? The demographics have actually, when I first looked, it was about 90% male, 10% female. It's now 85% male, 15% female. It is increased. Yes. Why? Take that. What are you stereotypes? What are you doing to yourselves? I don't know. I think it's just the fact that I was talking to my girlfriend about it and she was saying that it's just nice to know what guys think. So it's pretty much sex in the city minus two cast members. That's how they see it. I don't know. Obviously, male sex in the city. Male sex in the city. Which is entourage. Which is just incels and the city. Yeah. Because if that was there, if there was four dudes in the single dudes in the city, one would just be getting heaps of girls and the other three will be getting nothing statistically i know you got a lot of blowback for that pod but that was very 4chan (laughs) well it's true it's very true yeah exactly and let's be honest one out of four isn't even true yeah one out of ten yeah so you'd just be lucky if you were in that one in four Mm -hmm. but what i was just saying about uh instagram is yeah obviously when you're talking about Women in general, because it's the YouTube for women, is Instagram. Mm. That all makes sense. But 
really any of those chicks that are just a workout entrepreneur they're not smart they're following a really successful business model that's true but really any of them that are saying i'm actually really intelligent why because i saw another instagrammer that sold yoga books and then i started doing it as well chimps follow each other with tools i posted an instagram story about yemen (laughs) yet i can't find it on a map (laughs) where is it it's somewhere Somewhere near Saudi Arabia. <laughs> I don't yeah, actually know either. This is disputed territory here, right where you've just cut it down a lot. Or maybe it's there. What's a Sunni? <laughs> you know, I, I actually couldn't answer that myself. No, though. neither could I. So, mm. look, hypocrite. All I know is that the Sunnis and the Shias are fighting. Yeah. In a proxy just... war in Yemen. One of them, I think, just... It is literally the translation of God. I can't remember if that's Sunni or Shia. And I think uh-huh. the other one thinks that... It's gone through men and therefore has a bit of their influence or something like that. That's really the difference. I think Sunni is more extreme than Shia. Well, that makes it. They'd probably so be the Saudi Arabia is majority Sunni. Iran is majority Shia. And they, they don't like each other. <laughs> Neil's in-depth analysis. Avid foreign East. policy knowledge. <laughs> I know. I love this podcast. It is yeah, honestly the most free few hours. There is this type of Muslim and this other type of Muslim. We don't like each other. Amer- was... America like one type, Russia like the other type. I don't know what that and accent also, was. Too. For now, yes, yes, <laughs> it always changes. Where is the oil? That's the that's the, the, that's the where. It, well, that's what it comes down to, mm. doesn't it? That's all you need to know with foreign policy. Where is Where's the, the oil? oil? And where are the rare earth minerals? I'll add that for Africa. We've got, some, we've, got, we've got some rare earth minerals, don't we? Yes, we do. Not. So it's a matter of time before. No, they've got us under the thumb. They don't need that. That's true. But uh, some of the other world powers could, could come in. Maybe. See, this is the whole... We are actually no, living in, to quote Joe Rogan, strange times. That might uh, happen. China's basically trying to colonize us, but not through a military intervention. Different empire model. Mm-hmm. Sneaky. It, they're the, they like rats. I they still, are. to this day, remember that fact that you said. Very interesting. <laughs> One the rats. You said they appreciate the because they're, they're cheeky and they uh, oh, yeah. will always survive no matter what the circumstances. They really appreciate how cunning the rat is. Mm. And if you look at it from that very narrow perspective, I suppose it is a noble creature. Mm-hmm. Also brings plague and disease, just like one, the Chinese. One, can, you, can you just uh, put the chair down a little bit? I'm sorry. There you go. Yeah, you're too tall. There we go. Right in the middle of the frame. Fuck. We don't have a DOP here, so we uh we just We have Neil. Yeah. I work as the, <laughs> I'm the crew. You are. And I'm proud to be. The beard never made more sense. <laughs> yeah. You can't work in film without having a beard behind the scenes. You should be fired. Or and being fat fami- with a meatloaf yeah, shirt. Yeah, they're all they're, <laughs> they're not all of them, but a lot are fat. And I don't know why they're working out the whole day carrying giant cameras. Good question. With their gardening what gloves. What are they eating? I don't know. I think it was just a lot of the habits that kind of accumulate when you're a kid. 
I think that they probably just sat on their ass their entire childhood playing Nintendo and eating Alan's lollies. And, then and so like, they've just kept that fat and moved on into adulthood. A camera is kind of like a Nintendo. Yeah. I really think that because every single editor that you ever speak to, gaming, love gaming. Mm. Oh, they're similar kind of disciplines. Yeah. Not so, really. Well, actually. I mean, they're on computers, they're on fair computers. enough. <laughs> that's, that's probably the only similarity. <laughs> mm. I liked your uh, interview with Tanya Plibersek. That one, was, that one was great. She's um, she is the most genuine politician I've ever met. She's, yeah, it was great that uh, you did it at her family home, and um, just knowing her background, she came from very humble beginnings, and the family that built that built the house themselves. Uh, that that's just something really noble, and mm. I appreciate it. on a personal level, and um. She seemed really, she seemed that good mix of uh, amicable, personable, but also someone who clearly has a vision and uh, would stick to her principles. And that's Tanya, hmm. in a nutshell. Would you do another I think one? That, oh, I definitely will, with all of these politicians, actually. But I think that what's happened in the Labour Party is that she has been told by faction bosses, and I don't really have anything to corroborate this, but I'm imagining that what they're saying to her is it's not your time yet, in that Albo is older, yeah. so they're going to let him have a go, and if mm. that doesn't work, Tanya's next in line. Mm. Because her public yeah, you, profile's too good. You get that feeling. Yeah. she's, And on top of that, she just has a very personable attitude that I've really honestly... I've never really come across any negative personal backlash. I'm sure this will change once you become leader, but Shorten had his baggage. Kevin Rudd, love him to death, had his baggage and his detractors before he became leader. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves Tanya. It's really hard not to. You know, like, cause she's just got that face that looks like it's about to burst into tears all the time. It's very hard to hate that. Oh, well, I... <laughs> That that wasn't my. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't, didn't take get away that. that. No, okay. but each when you're to looking their at own, a personal we came, level, we, look, we came to the same conclusion <laughs> that she was likable, but not for, for that those reason. reasons. <laughs> no, no in a couple of times. <laughs> what? Well, you like didn't think, you didn't see it. Kind of like a puppy dog. How they always look like they're about to cry. Yeah, she has that face. And on top of that, mm. there was a couple of times in the interview where she was just talking about tradies that can't get a job. And she started tearing up. Her eyes started oh, getting watery. Yeah. yeah, I saw that. But I wouldn't say there was a consistent... Uh, th- her face would consistently look like it was about to burst into... <laughs> oh, is that something you'd want in a leader, though? Someone who's just so sensitive that they look like they're about to cry at any moment? It's a good question, but... Probably not. Probably not. But Bob Hawke was very loved by the Australian public, and he was known as the crying prime minister. He used really? to weep heaps. Yeah. If people like you, I think they uh, they find your uh, your tears endearing. But if they don't like you, they find your tears weak. Oh, that's so fake. Yeah, true. Well, also, you know what Peterson. else I think it is? Huh? Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson, yeah. But that's the thing. With Jordan Peterson, the same thing. It depends what you're crying about. Yeah, yeah. If they're tears of passion. That's cool. Yeah. If they're tears of empathy for someone else that's cool if they're tears mm-hmm. about your personal circumstance sook and i agree mm-hmm. with it as well mm-hmm. i don't want to see no that. i'm with you there or if they're tears uh, if they're tears of passion for a cause 
Yeah. Then everyone would tear up with you if they're on board with that cause. Yeah. Hence the Jordan Peterson, uh, the endearment there. He's a very loved man. He cry- he cries a lot. Yeah. Because again, I I really think that it's a. If you do do that, hmm. uh, acts you know, uh, f- fakely. You're a brilliant actor, and I just don't think these people are in that hell, uh, that that realm. I don't think Jordan Peterson is an act. I think he's trying to be as genuine as he possibly can. Yeah, that's what attracts people to public intellectuals as opposed to actors. It's that very would be clear. the difference. Yeah, you could tell with say, for example, the first thing that popped to mind was that patronizing video those actors did about Black Lives Matter. Did you see that? The one where they said, I take responsibility. And the guy from Breaking Bad, he's got, he's got his arms together in a prayer motion. I take responsibility. Uh, which one? Which one? The uh, Jesse. Of uh, course it was Jesse. Yeah. You're not even, I was just uh, defending his acting abilities Walt today wouldn't too. Do that. Oh, it was, well, it was great acting. <laughs> but he was being himself. <laughs> That's the problem. If he was parodying Hollywood actors who were virtue signaling, that would be perfect. But it is amazing how often Hollywood misses the mark and it's just become so apparent mm. in the social media age. Before oh. that, they had this distant godlike aura around them which excused their bizarre behavior but then when you just see it on a camera phone you realize no they're just like me they're just a bit more of a cunt (laughs) (laughs) yes yeah yeah oh what do you think about all the uh epstein allegations (coughs) just walk me through that uh some some uh court document papers have been uh, they've been released to the public and Bill Clinton visited the island multiple times, and then Didn't there was. We know that. Yeah, we knew that, but now it's proven. Although I, I don't know, I thought it was proven before. I think now it's one hundred percent proven. And there was a list of other celebrities that um, has visited the island. Now I don't know if this is fake news or how uh, reputable these sources are, but it was quite a comprehensive list. Who else was on it? Oh, Prince Philip. Yeah, no, Andrew. That Prince Andrew. Andrew. Of course. Oprah? I don't know. Bill Gates? Uh, Chrissy Teigen? Well, I don't know who the fuck that is, but Oprah uh, and Bill Gates. Yeah. <laughs> Obama? Jeez, it is more uh, impressive than the Oscars. I was just in so shock. So why are you seeing all these... I don't know. It was it was weird. I don't, look, again, I can't verify. This was just a picture I saw on Twitter in the replies to, uh, I think it was Candace Owens or something like that. So I, I in fact, <laughs> could be a Russian bot. Who knows? I because there t- weren't any Republicans on that list. So. No, not that I can recall. No, I don't think George Bush or uh, even just any celebrities that are Republicans. I don't think they were on that list. Trump wasn't on there, so it, it could have been doctor. Remarkably, you have got to. Admire is not the right word, but you have to sit back in awe at how power-hungry Epstein was. Imagine coming up with the strategy (laughs) of, I'm going to entrap the most powerful, richest, and most influential people on earth 
into crime so grave that it'd take not just them down, but the entire nexus. Hey, now that I've said that, I've just uh, answered my own question. <laughs> that guy definitely wasn't suicided. That mm. guy was murdered. Mm. For sure. Mm. If there's that many people that are linked to it, they've killed people for less. Yeah, it seems highly unlikely that he killed himself. Unless he maybe he knew uh, how much pressure was mounting on him and he just did it because he knew it was going to happen anyway. <laughs> it's a possibility. Yeah, okay. But no, Took himself out. Look, we all, uh, we all, I think, agree that the guy most likely didn't kill himself. I suppose that's why everybody's so enamored by this story. Because I was thinking about this point that, look, regardless of whether Bill Clinton is a pedophile or not, uh, the fact that this sort of network exists... And, and were the, were the uh, girls on this island children or 18, 19? How old are we talking? Because I think it was widely 16, known that Epstein was into young girls. pedophilia, but... but there's something really morbid about... Sleeping with a a ten year old versus a sixteen year old. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Sixteen a... makes you go. Ugh. Ten makes you go. Ugh. Ten makes you think that, that. Well, that's a problem. If you're attracted, a problem. Yeah. To a child that it's hasn't ten. developed. Yeah, that hasn't developed. A that's the scary part. Can look like a woman. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a complete difference. I'm not in that. saying that that should you be excused. Do it. Yeah. But. Well, it is actually it is the legal age, but no, I'm not, still not saying it should be excused. <laughs> um, but there's something uh, discernibly pernicious about sleeping with a, a child, uh, physically a child. Oh, of course. And actually, I've never really thought about pedophilia in depth before. That's probably a good thing. It's probably a good thing. But yeah, when you think when you think about that age, it's just stomach churning. The f the first thought that comes to mind, and I think that that actually might be a reason that these powerful people are into it. Mm. I think mm. it is just mostly a power trip. What because you be? always hear that. Well, yeah, when it comes to pedophilia, a lot of the time it's uh, because they were molested as kids themselves, and so they're enacting that out. I have been putting on my tin hat, uh, tin foil hat lately, watching a few documentaries that supposedly expose the uh, dark underbelly of Hollywood. But the problem with a lot of these, um, conspira uh, these conspiracy documentaries is that they're created by people who have some sort of affiliation to the church. And it's, it's not as though uh, that institution is mm -hmm. particularly innocent mm -hmm. either. So it's either one pedophilia cult or the other. Maybe there's just something <laughs> about power and pedophilia. There is. There's definitely well, the, something. The ancient Greeks did that. Definitely. Well, it was it was rife throughout the ancient world. And I don't know what it was so like maybe, in the lower classes because there's just not enough information on them. But it was definitely an upper class pension. Maybe our society is the outlier. Well, definitely throughout history, of course, and in a lot of countries now, still, I think the age of consent is twelve. But um. I think that when it comes to the association with power, 
I think the psychology might be I can get away with anything. Maybe that's what they're into at that point. And especially if you're into having power, where do you go if you basically are the emperor of the world? If you're part of that hundred people that make the world turn the way in which you want it, what else is going to get you, you know, excited about, yeah, fuck, I, I can do this, you know? Because you, you control the planet. <laughs> so, what else is there? I think that might be what is corrupting them. I don't know anyway, I but yeah. I think that there's, Look, like, you see it all the time when it comes know. to churches, when it comes to Hollywood, when it comes to politics. There's always that link there. It's really. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it. Who knows? It's Who knows? Who knows? I have nothing to add there. I, I can't speculate. I, uh, I'm not one of those people who control the world. So if I ever am. I'll report back with the compulsions <laughs> I may experience when I become a multi-billionaire. I wonder if there's a progression, you know, if you become, if you're worth $800 million, you start looking at 16-year-olds, you're like, yeah. yeah, And then you get to like 10 billion and you're like, oh, look at that 10-year-old. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's a very confusing, it's because I remember somebody talking about that when they, uh, Hanging out with billionaires as opposed to millionaires. Um, it's a self-help dude that I used to listen to a lot. And he was saying that the difference between millionaires and billionaires is billionaires float through life in this bubble that nothing can impact them. They know that they can just throw enough money at virtually any problem that they ever face in life and the problem will dissolve. So they live in a completely different reality. Mm. Whereas people that are millionaires, they kind of understand the struggle of the average person a little better. They're a little more connected to it. Sure, but when you get sure. to that billionaire level, I mean, it's kind of the same with Clive Palmer trying to open up the border in WA when 96% of WA doesn't want the border open. And he goes, no, I'm using the constitution to open up because I want to have business meetings there. That's the mentality that you get into at that point. Sure, sure. It's all a power trip. It's all a massive power. Well, they're just spoiled it's, it's children. Like it's not even they're like spoiled children, but it's like maybe its power doesn't even come into it anymore. Maybe it's just this thing of anything that I want, mm. I can get. So what can't I get? Now I want that. Maybe that might be it. Yeah. Because if yeah. you're able to do that. If you're a billionaire, with Clive Farmer, he bought the last election. Yeah, if you've quite literally done everything there is to do, what what more is there? What more is you there? You start looking into things that are uh, quite clearly morally reprehensible and highly illegal. And then maybe there's a rush that comes with it. Maybe. <laughs> anyway, I think this is maybe the psychoanalysis of uh, billionaire pedophiles <laughs> is... Um, but at the same time, I think everybody on the net is speculating on that. True. Maybe we can have a limited uh, discussion about that. <laughs> Let's not focus on that for the whole thing. The whole podcast. thing. Yeah. Neil and Jordan break down billionaire pedophiles. I think there's enough con fringe conspiracy theory sites on, uh, yeah, on YouTube doing exactly that. But mm. do they have this globe background to back it up? No, no, that no. is really no. Alex Jonesy. 
That was the point. Yeah. This is, it gets this you is, that mood. This is the info wars of Australia <laughs> right now. Right? Well, Paul, Paul jo- Joseph Watson has a uh, map behind they him. They all do. Yeah, what's with that? Well, I just thought it looked good. I, I really, there was no ulterior motive. But, and, and for people who just listen to the audio of the podcast, I've mentioned this on many podcasts before, but there's a, now a uh, world map behind us while we film. Right there. That's where all the resources are. You remember that? There you I go. love this map. And it does have a... It has a shining element, I think, on this podcast. It just makes you feel more conspiratorial having a map in the background. So I think that when it comes to Paul Joseph Watson, it's not him. The map controls his mind. Well, you feel edgy watching people who are talking in front of a map. Yeah, I don't know why. Some sort it of works when you see the world in that small, as uh, that small background behind the authority figure. Mm. I think people maybe have some sort of emotional association, saying this person clearly is is ahead of the world. <laughs> yeah, 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 quite he literally. Gets it. He's he in gets front what's of going the world. on. He knows what's happening, and we do. Yeah, we know what's up. I do actually really like the branding around Alex Jones's channel before you just can't find it anymore. It's harder to find. I bet you it was easier for Osama bin Laden to be on the net than him. But Infowars, great name. But this is the real Perler. Prison Planet. I loved that. And then he had that digital little globe in the background. Yeah, that's great branding. It's great branding. Mm, He knows what he's doing. (laughs) Yeah, well. Yeah. Maybe. So you want to talk about nostalgia. Well, that's a... Before the cabal of billionaire pedophiles came to our attention. Uh... Those were simpler times. (laughs) When the only pedophiles were uh, Rolf Harris and that weird guy down the street. And who could forget virtually every priest. But Oh, yeah. (laughs) But you're right. Yeah, yeah. There were simpler times where they all just seemed kind of like uh, harmless old guys with virtually always the same face. But uh, yeah, I want to talk about nostalgia because I, again, this is another one of my hypotheses about our generation that I don't have anything to back it over. But uh, no, I do have something to back it on. Pokemon Go. Mm -hmm. Enough said. Can we all just admit that that game sucked? I never played it. Well, look, I never actually properly played it, but I played it around on other people's phones. So do you think it was just some sort of um, element of nostalgia to the original Pokemon? Yeah. Gold, silver. I I think I played Pokemon Gold. That was great. Game Boy Advance. Game Boy Color. Are you in color? I was in color before Game Boy Advance. Yeah. I held out a little longer because I thought the graphics were going to get better. And I was right. They slightly were. But the Game Boy Color was an amazing advancement. I do remember it coming out and thinking, mm, I don't know if it can get any better than that. Uh, I think, mm-hmm. and I don't know, I don't know why this is, but I just, I just wanted to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah. First off, why do you think our generation is so obsessed with nostalgia? I really feel like it particularly affects us. There seems to be entire industries based off of, remember Chief TV? Remember Pokemon? Remember Dragon Ball V? Remember Tarthoth? There's a lot of that shit. 
Well, then, my mm. first question would be, do you think it's uh, particularly pronounced for our generation or do you think other generations are just as obsessed with nostalgia? Because well, what immediately comes to mind is, well, not boomer, but Gen X comedians, 90% of their material is, I remember the good old days. When, is it? Yeah, yeah, so much of it. Remember when, you know, when we were growing up, we never had these iPads and these iPods. Our mum used to hit us. <laughs> like that's the variation of them. Yeah, that's essentially that's uh, the, the crux of what they talk about. Yeah. Now, when it comes to our generation, well, uh, maybe well, my hypothesis could be that we live in very confusing, confronting, and challenging times with uh, technology um, advancing so rapidly, and. People don't have meaning in the same way they used to. And in this ever-connected world, we're, uh, we're void of spiritual sustenance. So we just look back to yesteryear. Why? Well, because, because there's nothing for us in the present. So we think, oh, I was happy when I was watching Cheese TV, whereas I'm not happy now. That's, that's depressing. I don't, know. I don't know if that's the case, but I, 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 that's where my mind went. Do you feel that there is nothing really connecting us anymore? And there at least was when we were younger. Mm. Mm. Nothing's a shared experience between a generation now. Well, now, coronavirus. Maybe. Coronavirus, yeah, as we were saying, wars before. I suppose there's very, very, very general things like TikTok. Sure. But that's not really... Something that you can all focus on and and share, you know, good, good old yarns about. There's no water cooler talk anymore. The no. Water cooler talk is really just replaced with. Did you see this on TikTok? That's about it. Even water cooler talk. I mean, that's the that's the sort of bastardization of what was once uh, bonfire talk. Mm. Well, that would have been where the real mm. stories were shared. Mm. Mm. Whereas water cooler talk is about just where colleagues talk about what they saw on TV last night. Yeah. Yeah, so was the pre-internet age that that much more meaningful anyway? Or was it just uh, talking about, instead of talking about the memes you saw, it would just have been talking about what was on TV, what was on radio, what was the scandal of the day, or what Tom Cruise movie you had seen? Yeah, but there was something... You remember in Sapiens, right, when it was talking about that there are... the The genius of human beings well, homo sapiens, <clears throat> is that you can have these ideas that can bond literally billions of human beings together, such yep. as Islam mm-hmm. or just even Coke. That's <laughs> two very different <laughs> concepts. <aren't they? laughs> yeah, Islam and Coke. <laughs> well, you know. You're right, yeah. You're not uh, right. And then when you don't have that anymore... You're kind of taking away a massive element of being a person. And so there's... There's an existential... Nothing bonding anything. There's nothing bonding us anymore. Yeah, so maybe this is an existential uh, crying out, collective crying out for something that can create that kinship. Maybe. Among us. And we're just reaching, we're grasping at straws. So even if it is cheese TV, hey, remember that? Mm. We can all bond over that. Yeah, yeah. But do you feel that though? Now that you, you now that you've articulated memory it, yes. 
Yeah. What? You do feel that. Okay. No, sorry. I feel that there's not there there isn't something that's really bonding our for our generation. No. Where the fuck's the like glue? In the same way. As we mentioned before, there's definitely The Simpsons. That was there. But that was because TV was holding us together. And I'm not saying that it's great that TV was holding us together. I think a lot of our careers is kind of paying out how shit TV is. But there was your occasional little... 90, 99.9% of it's shit. Hmm. But it was that gold there. Oh, and yeah. everybody experienced that gold together. Breaking Bad. Breaking which was Bad. quite recent as well. Yeah. But even then, that kind of started at the inception of social media when really sure. there was only weirdos on it. I was looking back at it. These, these were the ages of your, your Shane Dawson's and your Onesians. Those were the huge idols yeah. of we the internet. Back. It was only a few years till we start, got our start. When did YouTube start? 2007. YouTube stars started arising around 2010. No, no. There were stars around 2007, 8, 9. But when there were stars, they were sort of, wow, 70,000 subs. Highest no, in the world. No, no. They had, they had um, Mytroni got a million subs really early. Right. Um, Shane Dawson would have been a star back then. Mm. So there were stars around. But yes, they, they it was a very niche it was it was like e girls and e boys that of that generation that were watching. YouTube. They were outcasts. Yeah, yeah. Now it's everyone. Now everyone does. Yeah. So I don't know what it is, but do you do it, you think that you go back and look at life through rose tinted glasses a lot through your past experiences and think, oh yeah, those were the days, no, high school, that kind of stuff. No, no, some. There are some elements where I uh, look back on fondly, but I wouldn't say I look back through all uh, my childhood and adolescence uh, with, you know, reminiscing about the good old times. No. No? Where do you think you spend most of your time then in the future? Um, yeah. Present in the future would be the bulk of my consciousness. I, it's not as though I don't look back, but it's not often. It's not often. How often do you reminisce? And what do you reminisce about? Ah, oh, the usual things. Uh, I don't know. What do I? What do I reminisce about? Places that I really liked living, friends that I miss, lost loves. The fuck else do I think about? And then, yeah, obviously, just uh, the general mishmash swath of remember Pokemon and The Simpsons. There's a lot of that, as you can obviously tell from watching my videos. I think I do spend mm. a lot of time in the past, but maybe this is just a thing of turning 30. I remember reading this book that was saying that in your late 20s and early 30s, it doesn't matter what path you've chosen. If you chose the party boy life when you were in your 20s, yeah. you're going to really regret not getting your act together. But if you got your act together, you're going to look back at your 20s and think, why didn't I party more when I was young? Yeah, I remember you telling me that, telling me that a few months ago and that that rings true. That rings true. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't even say that's um, unique to people in their late 20s. Hell, even in my... Uh, by 23, 24, 
when everything was going well for me in my career, I looked back to my high school days and thought, man, I could have gone to more parties. Mm. Could have uh, been more hedonistic. But the grass is always greener. And I keep telling myself that. Eh, the grass is always greener. I know people who lived uh, a very fast-paced party boy lifestyle and they look at me with wide eyes and they're, oh, you're doing so well. And, you, you, you know, you kept everything organized and... And ironically enough, in my head, I'm like, well, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't mind a few of your stories. Exactly. So the, the, then I just tell myself the grass is greener and then that helps me not get too caught up in it. Really reminds me, I think I've told you this before, but just to reiterate to any new listeners, see instantly back to nostalgia, remember Angry Beavers? But it was this episode where Dag was just getting all these shitty toys out of the cereal box. Wait, Angry Norbert. Beavers? I don't, I don't think I watched that show. What cha- it was briefly on ABC for a bit. Oh, okay. But it was mostly on Nickelodeon. So okay, shout so out all you Star viewers. Sounds familiar, but um, mm. no, I wasn't. It was one of the less successful Nicktoons. Okay. Like, you know, up with okay. your Hey Arnolds and stuff. No, your cat dogs. It was down there with it does. It does sound like one that would have been on Cartoon Network. No, 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 no. Distinct Nick, style Nick. for each uh, Disney Channel, Nickelodeon, and Cartoon Network. Mm-hmm. There he is. Hmm. But no, go on. Just tell me about Angry Beavers. And then Norbert. Uh, and sorry. I remember yeah, Norbert. Norbert. That was it. Yeah, Norbert. I like Norbert. So you do remember the, the cartoon? Norbert, yes. Yeah, oh, wait. Was Norbert bonding. a character in Angry Beavers? Are you talking about the movie with Eddie I McGuire? I, might, I think I might be. <laughs> Not with Eddie McGuire, with Eddie Murphy. Okay. So we both screwed up. Starring Eddie Maguire. So, <laughs> imagine that. Eddie Maguire, just years of who wants to be a millionaire. I'm just going to do this foray into Hollywood, into Hollywood I children films. I to express myself creatively. It <laughs> <laughs> would be a bold, uh, a bold career decision, and I think uh, people would admire him for it if he pulled, yeah. on, if he pulled it off. But, yeah, no, you know what? I, uh, I'm getting that mixed up with the uh, Eddie Murphy film. Mm. Right. Uh, yeah, it was just, it was just the, 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 the connection was that one of them just got all the little prizes in the toy box and then the other one, uh, saved up all the coupons and then got really big toys towards the end. That was what the entire episode was about. It's just the marshmallow principle in action. The kids that didn't eat the marshmallow hmm. and got the second marshmallow for not eating the marshmallow ended up doing really well in life. And those that didn't and just took the marshmallow ended up really not as successful in life. But this is what I'm learning about life is that the ones that are not as, uh, they they don't think as forward into the future. They don't plan for the future. They are living in the now more. And as a result of that, I think that they have more interesting lives. And this is all old territory that we've covered. Mm. I, but, I think um, interesting is very subjective, but in, it, just in terms of well, fun, yeah, they're having more fun in that sense. Because if they're delaying, if they're not delaying gratification, they're living in the moment, and they're um, having uh, greater spikes of um, of dopamine in shorter intervals. So overall, that would add up to maybe arguably a better life. Well, yeah, uh, then you get into territory of how do you define a good life? Um, exactly. So, But I think I would define a good life as one that is lived 
And I think that you sure. more than anyone would understand my struggle, but I think it's just a uh, yeah, general struggle of YouTubers or people that ha- you know live in the digital media space, which is that the price of just being constantly on camera is that really you're not doing much because you constantly have to be mm-hmm. thinking about more content that you need to be producing. And as a result of making more content, you're kind of just manufacturing fun moments your entire life, but you're not really experiencing them. Right, so because you are the producer of fun moments for your legion of fans, you're not actually the one having fun there. That's work for you. Well, yeah, there's that. But it's also the thing of, you know, you see one of your little uh, character impersonation sketches. They're just seeing two to three minutes of you just saying all of these funny lines or whatever, but they're not sitting there thinking, and you're sitting there writing it on a laptop and then you're just filming them Mm. and you're editing them all together. It's all just work so someone else can sit there and consume it and... Yeah, work for it us is fun for them. It seems fun. It's like your life seems fun from a distance, but actually it's like a life of so- quiet solitude where you're not really, like you're not actually experiencing anything in that entire time. Well, I don't know about the assertion that we're not experiencing anything. What do you mean by that? Can you go into some more? I'll just use examples that I know of my friends, like the ones that I've used before of them just getting fucked on drugs and waking up out of a drug haze on the middle of a highway naked yeah. in a buggy. Now, I'm, I'm never, yeah. you are never, I know for no, a fact I'm you're never going to have I'm that experience. I'm not. Well, look, not to that <laughs> extent, not to that extent. <laughs> I've had some some nights out on the town, don't get me wrong. But uh, there is a difference to a night out on the town and waking up in a dune buggy naked while driving on a highway. Yeah, that's quite extreme. Well, you're looking for for whatever reason. Your friends are on the extreme end of this spectrum. <laughs> like they don't have any concept of delayed gratification. No, Who are your no. friends? I don't know. <laughs> and how are you How do you uh, connect with these people? I can't handle it anymore because exactly. But this is the whole thing. I live. This is how sad it is. This is how removed it is. Right. I've got a friend that can handle some of the insanity, yeah. and I kind of just live vicariously through him who is still in touch with these people that are just living an insane life. Why can't you have a, a better work-life balance? Because it's why just not you, us, dude. Why it's can't not- you have a day off? And, and I'm not saying you have to do what they're doing, but something uh, that's not, uh, you know, do something that's not part of your career that will give you that dopamine hit. You could do that, but is it your first instinct? You kind of just oh. going through the motions. You just sure. habitually doing it, and I've I've gotten to the point where I've realised I can't take a day off anymore. I'm constantly thinking about work all the time, you all can, the time. You can you can change that, can't you? Yes, you, you could change yourself, it. All right, for this for today, I'm. I mean, you take do you take holidays? No, because I vlog those holidays. Okay, <laughs> you know well. <laughs> I feel like I'm your psychiatrist right now. But don't you... I, I would imagine that you would have that same inclination. And also the thing is that you just get into a point where you just have to become a content factory. And if you're not producing content, you fall off the horse. Uh, no, no. I think I, I think when I was younger and when I was uh, obsessed with my entire... You know, my entire identity. Again, this backtracks to all the things we seem to talk about. Uh, 
I was obsessed as the, I'm the comedian that's going to make it. I'm going to get that Netflix special. I'm going to do all these things. Yes, I couldn't get my mind off it. Constantly. I was always thinking about that. I'd be with my friends. I'd be thinking about my next joke. I'd be thinking about my next piece of content. But uh, over the last year or two, I've uh, I've worked on that. I'm still, there's usually some sort of humming in the back of my mind about the things I have to do or the content I have to produce. But um, I like to think I've achieved a, 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 a healthier work-life balance. So I don't know if we're exactly the same in that, in that regard. Yeah, I guess not then. But I do know where you're coming from, especially with the sort of content you're putting out now. I mean, I'm, I, admi- I admire your workflow, to be honest. It's, 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 it's amazing. But there's a price. The level of content you're putting out there and, and, and the quantity, and it still maintains its quality. Well, thank you very much yeah, for saying job. that. This, well, that's, <laughs> but there's a surprise. <laughs> but you got to start having some nights out where you end up naked on a whatever it was, dune buggy. I, I really, I think that that's exactly this is exactly what you said when you just meet those loose units and you think I don't want your life, but I want three percent of it. Yes, no, that's so true. Like I had friends that stayed in share houses and went to colleges, and I and I would always think. I would love to spend maybe f- like six months, six <laughs> yeah, months yeah. in a share house or a college, and just binge those. Things, just get it all out of my system. You know what was great? What's great about um, festivals is that Melbourne Com- not so much Melbourne Comedy Festival, Edinburgh Comedy Festival, because no one knows me in Edinburgh. Very, it's very rare. A few people might know me there, and they're usually expat Australians. Uh, I'd go to Edinburgh and just I would let loose. Just, just have fun, you know. Define fun. Just, just this podcast. Look, every anyway, <laughs> 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 let's uh, let's unpack fun. Um, you do a show, and then you, every night you just drink, and then I'd go out clubbing, and yeah. ate like crap the whole month, and I was just I didn't I didn't care about. Well, my health, <laughs> first of all, or uh, any sort of standard that I w- would normally live up to while I'm in Sydney. I just said, let's have just a month's worth of, of well, dopamine hits. And I was just, I was 22, right. so it, was a, it was a good age to do it. Yeah. Just going out clubbing every night. And, and the good thing was, um, go clubbing there, no one would know me. So I could act like an idiot. Yeah. No one's filming it and putting it on their Snapchat or anything mm. like that and, mm. you know, try to hit on girls and if you get rejected, doesn't matter. Mm. Girls not going to be like, oh, my God, that guy from YouTube hit on me and we just, he was really weird. They're just going to be like, oh, it's just another weird Indian guy and they'll forget about me. Yeah. strangely empowering. <laughs> <laughs> it was really weird. And I wanted to make Melbourne this year. I was hoping to, um, uh, you know, go there and when I say... Uh, I'm not talking about having just a bender for for a month or Edinburgh. What happened that last year of Edinburgh was, um, yeah, so I was drinking for the first week. I was just drinking every night and then, and then I got really sick and this this is a four week long festival 
and I'm like really sick. You know, I almost had to cancel a show and that's very, you know, comedians very rarely cancel shows. It's not a very physically demanding task to just talk for an hour. Um, and by the last 10 days, I was kind of a bit better. Wasn't fully recovered, but I thought, no, nah, I got to, you know, I'm only here for a month. Got to, got to have fun with it. And I tried to catch up for lost time and yeah, you just, you just, this is drinking every night. And I remember on the last day I went out club. My flight was at, um, when was it? Uh, 7am in the morning. So I get a, it's an international flight. You got to get to the airport at 5am. And I went out clubbing till about 1am, <laughs> hadn't packed, came back, um, madly packed as I'm sobering up, got to the airport, felt like absolute crap, just sculled a whole bottle of water and the flight was delayed for two hours. And I'm, I haven't slept. Mm. Um, and then the few nights before that, I hadn't really slept much either. So I'm really crashing here. Get on the plane, absolutely crash. It goes to Abu Dhabi. Then from Abu Dhabi to Sydney, um, <laughs> someone sits next to me. And they're like, oh, are you that guy from the internet? And I'm like, oh, yeah. And they're like, I've snuck on some um, some vodka. <laughs> Do you wanna do you wanna have some? And I was like, oh fuck it, why not? Like and then I got drunk on the and there's I've got a stand-up joke about this where uh look, one thing led to another. I was making out with this girl on a flight. I'd never met her before. And the because it's one of the Arab airlines, the guy was like, um, uh, is that is that your girlfriend? And I was like, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, look, just because this is an Arab airline, we can't be affectionate on the plane, uh, because people could sue us. And I was like, oh, okay. Smart yeah, thinking while you're trash. Yeah. Um, so yeah, look, it's not <laughs> it's not waking up nude in a in a golf buggy or whatever, but look, I and look, some of the other you, you talk to oh fuck, Frenchie's got some stories. Yeah, of course he does. Frenchie's got some stories. Yeah. Uh shooter, they've got some stories. <laughs> yeah. I'm not that that's like nothing compared to some stories they have. Yeah. Um but, but man, you've been a ve- you're so disciplined and just you do not you don't even drink you do you there's nothing there and it, well it's admirable i think it shows really you're the you've got the cleverest content yeah, <laughs> but, yes and look i i like the fact that it's a public service that's all well and good but what i'm just saying there is look at that smile on your face when you're yeah, reminiscing it's, it's good, it's, okay yeah don't you think well, that's why I, it is important to have work work life balance. Like, I think you should. It's just for the memories. Yeah, like have a night off and and what? I mean, do you go on do you go on dates and things with your girlfriend? Like, what do you? Do you... Yeah, but like you know, that's not really. It's not really time. And even when I am dating with my girlfriend, I'm just sitting there just talking to her incessantly about work. And so she, because she's okay. a workaholic as well. Yeah. So we yeah. really have that kind of relationship of how's June looking for you? We we. Damn. <laughs> um, but yeah, well, I think I that when it's it impossible, com- I think uh-huh. even if it's just a week, a, even if you just take a, a one or two week holiday each year, and you don't again, you don't. No one's saying you need to uh, have crazy drunken stories because uh, that's such a any party you go to in Australia, that's all people talk about as they're preparing for the next drunken got story. So fucked up. Oh yeah. mate, remember that time you mm-hmm. got the mate, You remember this? Do you remember this? And it's tiresome after a while. And then you know if you if you call that out, oh, this fucking wanker. 
well, yeah, I'll be the wanker. Like, <laughs> I've got stories, but they're f- well, those stories. I like I said when I was in high school, I didn't. Know, all my friends had stories and had fun nights out, and I did not completely nothing, but virtually nothing. And then I was just boom, you're you're this famous YouTuber now. And I couldn't really have that uh, usual adolescent experience of going out and going to clubs and letting loose. I still did, but it wasn't the same because everyone was recognizing me and wanting photos and things. And I know people are probably listening like, oh, yeah, shut up, Neil. Like, oh, it must be so hard going out to clubs and getting recognized. But my point is I couldn't really, you know, I was just thrust into, okay, this is your career now. And I didn't really take that time for myself and uh, have nights out with my friends or for myself. And more recently, I've been making that more of a primary focus and I'm, I'm much happier for it. And it seems it too. Because it's really obvious when you're talking about your month in Edinburgh, your face <laughs> lights up. When you're talking about your life between 18 and 22, yeah. you seem really sober about it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a balance there, though. Like, you don't want to... I could never do that. Some people do that from uh, 14 to 34 and just don't do anything. Like, what also makes me my face lighter, I would hope, is, like, what I've achieved, you know? Like, I've made some incredible short films and I have three stand-up specials. Um, I've got this amazing career and I'm still 26. So like that, it's a different, it's not, yeah, it doesn't make me beam in the same way that talking about those drunken experiences do, but it fills me with the, a sense of pride and satisfaction that the other's stories don't. That it's just like, oh yeah, that was a good, that was a fun night. But really what the most uh, enduring sense of accomplishment I feel is, is from uh, the, the things I have achieved in my, yeah, in my career. Dude, you need both. You need that. I know. I know you do. Balance. I know you need both, and it's mad that you did accomplish those things. That's all well and good, but look, the face says it all. The face says it all. It's just that thing that Steve. Jo- it, it haunts me. It really haunts me. Steve Jobs just saying, like on his deathbed, that I don't know. The, the the empire that I built was meaningless. I should have spent more time with my family. And then he was dead. Well. It's not, it, you know, you're, you're still young. Like, there's nothing you can't change about that. No, it's not necessarily. Just don't go I'm... so far one way because didn't Steve Jobs just quit everything and live on a farm or something? And like, probably, I don't, you don't want to go. You don't want to go between the two extremes, which is what a lot of people tend to do. I think they'll go uh, party for five years of their life and then be this obsessive corporate slave that works out all the time and and is on whatever diet. So you want to. I think, I'm not a life coach by any means, but I think the moderation is the key. Yeah, obviously, but this is the other thing, right? If you have moderation, you don't end up building Apple. Yes, yes, that is very true. That's true. That's true. So So I'm just, I don't know, I'm getting back to the point that I think that that's what happens is that... (laughs) In our life now, I think that it's just so digitized, not just ours, everybody's lives. Mm. Everybody's lives is so digitized. I think that's why they look back at nostalgia 
And even if it is something like Pokemon or something, it, it wasn't as digitized because it was more analog. It was, it's on at this time. If you don't watch it, tough luck. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that <laughs> yeah, was yeah. life. True. There it was, was a- different. There was something that was a little more organic about it. Uh, purely because everything's just so on demand now and there's just this constant awash in it. And I see, even with my younger relatives, Mm. they have a wisdom to them that we didn't have at that age, but they also have this lack of innocence that we didn't have. And therefore, I don't think that they have that shared nostalgic experience. And I don't know, I I think that maybe you look back nostalgically at the things that It must, I think nostalgia must be really interlinked with innocence. And even when you're talking about, Mm. when you look back at Edinburgh, Mm. yeah, it's connected to your youth. That's definitely one element of it. But you're also, you're also just having all of these new experiences that aren't you and they kind of just, the experience went on its own adventure by itself. Yeah, it's unpredictable. You don't know what's going to happen, and there's something fun about that. And you would relive that month, wouldn't you? Sure. But you could give or take 18 to 22. What? Sorry, what do you mean? You can only do that in those ages? or No, like when you were saying that I just didn't go out and party. Sure, I was just yeah, sitting yeah, there yeah. making content. Yeah. Well, maybe to... Mm, it gets more twenty twenty one, huh? Yeah, yeah. But then again, like the grass, uh, grass is always greener. I can sit there and be like, oh, I could have done what um, the most of the nineteen twenty year olds were doing, but none of them are in the position I'm in. Yeah, they'd have the same results. So, but see, you have to justify it in your head. That's what I'm talking about. Sure, sure. It becomes more heady. There's not that bodily experience of I was a human. Yeah, I I see what you mean. Yeah. Hmm. What do you think is the um best path forward for you then having come to some of these realizations? I don't know, but because all t- I know is that I keep looking back to the experiences in my life where there was innocence and adventure to them and you just keep reliving them on a loop um and i think it it actually hurts thinking back at those times and then now just looking at your life and it's so regimented and so so robotic now it's sterile what hurts about it you know what it is? It's this feeling of like, what What could your life have been like? I think that's it. It's just like I had a chance at that point to completely change the trajectory of my life. I didn't take it. Now I'm here. And I think that the older you get, and this is what I'm scared about, I think the older you get, maybe maybe 90-year-olds yeah. have that their entire life. They just look back at all these little crossroads in their life and they think, well, I took that one instead of that one. Mm. I think this is why people always talk about this when they talk about their first love. In fact, I was just talking to my niece the other day and she was saying that 
her and her first love or whatever, they broke up because she's gone down to... Uh, she doesn't come from Sydney, but she came down to Sydney to study. Yeah. And then she was saying that, did she ever stop hurting? And dude, I had to tell this 18-year-old, no. 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 Uh, <laughs> it just it doesn't. doesn't. It, it never does. stops hurting. Yeah. It, it's one. just there for the rest of your life, yeah. this horrible feeling. Mm. And I think everyone has it. But isn't there a sense of comfort in that when you when you ex- first mm. experience that feeling and then you can tell yourself certain things, i.e., oh, the grass is greener and everyone's having this sort of a emotion. What I'm experiencing is not unique to, to just me. There is a comfort to that. There's definitely a comfort to that that, that that is a universal wound. Because without a doubt, if you hadn't done the things you did in your youth and adolescence, you would be in a very, almost definitely in a very different position. And who's to say you wouldn't then be questioning that and saying, well, I shouldn't have partied as much as I did. I should have oh, had a right. vision. And you're absolutely right. Gone through with it. So that, like I said, that that's always helped me. Just the, I keep saying it, but it really is true. The grass is greener. Everyone looks at someone who's living the life that they think they could have had. And you only see the good parts of it. Whereas I'm sure there's plenty of um, negativity associated with with that too. It you're, definitely you're, is. You're ideal, idealizing the opportunity costs of your life, essentially. I could have I could have been this. I could have done that. I could have been... Well, yes, but you don't know for a fact that that would have been any better than what you have now. No, you don't know for a fact. And because you are the person that you are and you are just going along those habits, you would feel a lot more comfort in the life that you're currently living as opposed to the one that you didn't choose. Yeah. I get all that, man, but... It's just everything that we do has to be really logically rationalized. And you can Mm. see it in both of our heads all the time that we're always up here constantly all the time. But I I envy the people that live in, so lame to say this, but like in the heart. I I really feel like that's where dopamine addicts are living. And yes, they have that experience of I wish that I got my shit together. But at the end of the day, who has the wider smile on their face? I look. I don't know. I, I some of them do, but not not all of them. I I know people who are in that mindset who will then who will have that smile on their face, but it's very temporary. And but their whole life is just temporary moments. Sure, but then a rude awakening can occur in that person's life in a similar way. It may occur in our lives. And they start to judge themselves and judge the actions that they've taken. That's true. And it's not, and it's not the same. So looking back in the past, is, is, it's a futile endeavor because... No, sorry. Lo- looking back with nostalgia on certain things that gave you comfort, I think that's, that's great. But I like, don't actually. Questioning, questioning your actions can only bring you confusion and suffering because yeah it's been it's it's happened like that's this is how your life has played out so if you are uh in this in this present moment if you are uh yearning for some of the experiences other people seem to be having there's nothing to stop you from achieving those in the next few years of your life 
No, there's nothing stopping you from doing it per se. The only difference is that the older you get, the more doors close. So you can have experiences. And this is true. I've had Mm. a lot of important, large experiences that, again, what you're saying, no one else will have if they're not putting the... Look, there's just a phrase that I remember Ryan from ideas on Rove Live or whatever, and he was saying this at Hamish Blake's wedding, that Hamish Blake had mastered life. Now, that's definitely true, and I don't think that anybody else has done that. He made a, a living off of making memories, and he viscerally understood that. He would tell people that in interviews. He would say, my entire job is to make memories. Yeah. So he was combining success with living. I think that most people just aren't in that position to do that, and that is very lamentable. But it's just, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's I, I, Look, when you're saying that nostalgia is a good thing, I don't know if it is. I don't know if it is actually moderate. very important to look back at, maybe for moderation. reflection or whatever. In moder- Yeah, but like, I think most people need way less of it. And I think that our generation is constantly living in this. Uh, they're always saying in self-help books, you're just rewinding a movie over and over again. Mm. And I think that's happening in a lot of people's heads all the time. And it's just there. And it's not nice. Mm. I don't like it, but it, it traps you. Nostalgia traps you. It's a, it's a little dream while you're... It's a daydream. It is a daydream. It is. It is. That you lived. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I don't know. The, the negative okay. effects of like looking into the past would be depression and the negative effects of looking into the future would be anxiety. Now, the negative effects of looking into the past is that that's was a, a great memory. huh? That's a, yeah, that's an interesting way to sum it up. Don't you reckon? Now, obviously, a lot of this, it's I think... A, it depends how you interpret the events of the past or how you interpret your projected path. Hmm? Well, if you interpret the events of the past, if you look back at the past thinking, oh, it was so good back then, but it's not good now, yes, that will result in depression. Yeah. And if you look to the future, I've got all these things to do, that will result in in anxiety. But you can reframe the narratives in your head to look back at the past and say, that was good, that doesn't need to affect me now. And you can look to the future saying, posing questions to yourself that don't necessarily... uh, cause a, a mountain of pressure to um to encapsulate your 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 thoughts so it doesn't necessarily have to be depressing to look back to the past or uh, invoke anxiety to look to the future no no it doesn't it can be it can be and, and i think that most of the time when you look into the past the the rose tinted glasses very quickly change to a shade of blue. I think anyway, in experience, yeah. you go, those were the good old days. And mm. then you remember, and now they're not. Now, it might be different people just be saying that, oh, I enjoy my present life. But this is the same thing that I'm saying. It's not like we have bad lives. <laughs> we have, like We're not even, obviously, great, great lives. But... Huh? You're also you're looking at the highlight reel of what would have been 10, 15, 20 years. There would have been a lot of ups and downs, and you're looking at the the highest peaks of that huge amount of time. That's true. I think also 
I think also that maybe it's just a result of being a comedian and you're constantly looking for negative things to talk about. And I remember once there That's was this great... As well, yeah. Especially for us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there was this uh, great phrase that said comedians... Most people look at a trash bin and are disgusted by it. Comedians like that they see a rat running out of the bin. They get joy out of that. I think that's a really good way to sum up what happens. And it just reminded me actually the other day that we I filmed this vlog that you know, my friends went to Sizzler and my friends were really upset that the food was terrible. And I don't think I've been that happy in years. I was really happy that it was terrible. Were you thinking, oh, this is this is great content or were you just... I was just thinking, this is fucking funny. Like the fact okay, that this food sure. is so bad is funny. Well, that's an ex- that's an experience you've had. Yeah, it is an experience, but um, I'm just saying that you, as a sure, comedian, you're vlogging you're, it, but you can still you're still living that experience. You are living that experience, and it's like right now, you just you forget that you're even on a microphone because yeah. it's just so constant. But yeah, it's it's uh, I don't know. I I think that you, your view gets warped, and so now when I look back at it. A lot of the bad experiences of my life, those are the things that I look through on rose-tinted glasses. But it's it's such a lame point because I always thought that it was a terrible, terrible book when I was a kid, Brave New World. Hated it. I liked all the other dystopic mm. books. That one just pissed me off. But there was this point of the main character, John Savage, or whatever his name was, saying that he would prefer to experience the ups and downs of life than to live in a soma. Hmm. Anyway, I like the fact that you are finding more balance. Thank you. Um, That's a really cool... Look. There's nothing stopping you from doing it. And I would also like to add, I'm almost certain that a vast majority of people listening to this podcast would adore to have your experience, your life for even just a few weeks. Yeah, look, my life is dope and I do dope shit, to quote Kanye West, but it's it's I'm not, I'm, it's not even a thing that I'm trying... I don't know how this turned into a pity party for myself. I was trying to think about this for like a book because I've just no, been yeah. thinking about it. Uh, so I suppose you have to talk about it from a personal perspective. Sure, sure, sure. Um, like it's not... I'm not I saying think- that I have a bad life. I'm okay. not saying I have a bad life, but I'm, I'm just not trying, trying to like... say that either. No, 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 no. no. I don't. I know that there's just like there's no other way to explore it. I just want to make that clear that I, I hate it when you see somebody who's doing well in life and they sit there and be like, oh, yeah, but is that all there is? It's not necessarily that. It's more the human experience. Mm. No, I know. Of yeah, just know. looking back at things and things being melancholy. Okay. That's what we're actually talking yeah, about here. It's the thing of like looking back at memories and the memories are sort of happy and sort of sad at the same time. Yeah. Some people like that. Sure. I don't like melancholy. Melancholy pisses me off. I really enjoy... This is the other thing as well. When I was poor and I was trying to make it, mm. I loved those days. I loved mm. being really hungry. Mm. I don't feel that anymore. I got up every day and I'd be like, I'm a loser. And then I'd have to force myself to feel excited. But that hunger and drive isn't there anymore. Mm. Mm. Actually, I suppose that's what gives me the smile on my face. There you go. That's something. I know. I, I, I can empathize with that to a certain degree because when you are at the point where you're 
you've you've got those lofty dreams ahead of you you there's a there's a an energy and a nourishment that comes with that energy that drives you more than anything and once you get to that point there often is a realization of oh this isn't what i expected it to be and then you need to reframe your uh the way you look at your work and 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 yourself i know i did and mm. I think that contributes to a lot of the the sadness and depression among celebrities. I have a feeling that they um, uh, lauded that lifestyle for so long and thought this will bring me ultimate satisfaction and happiness. And when you get there, especially if you've uh, gone against things you believe in to get to that point, I'm not saying it's hollow, but it's short-lived and it's not as meaningful as you'd expect it to be. Mm. And that can be a very um, stark and depressing realization for a, for a lot of famous people, I'm guessing. No, I'm they're always complaining about that. Yeah, yeah. And then the average person sits there looking at them thinking, oh, why are these bloody celebrities always complaining? But they are living a very, very vastly different life. You know what? I'd go as far as to say, now I think I'm starting to articulate this, I don't think they're living life. Mm. I reckon that's what's happening. It's again, it's just, the only way to describe it is factory. And it'd be exactly the same for actors and singers at the peak of their career. Yeah, they've got money and fame and adoration and a lifestyle that most people planet earth they've got nothing to complain about but i think it's not so much that you should feel sorry for them you should just recognize that they're hollow people sure yeah i can get behind <laughs> that <laughs> uh, we do probably have to wrap this one up uh, yeah 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 on yeah. deep there though uh, do you have any any concluding remarks or or thoughts on the topic of nostalgia no i don't i i have none and i just wanted to use this podcast as i normally do to just uh Kind of tease out experiences that I think are universal. Mm, I think it's interesting. And actually, I'm very interested in reading the comments on this podcast uh, for that reason. Especially when we just sit there thinking about something for a long period of time. I like hearing other people's contributions to that. Because there's there's some insightful... I was going to say shit. I guess I'll just say it. Yeah, there's some insightful shit down there. Yeah. Um, I've been more recently reading a few and, and you're not wrong. So yeah. thank you guys. Appreciate thank you for it. Input. And um, subscribe if you haven't already. We'll uh, see you next time. See you then.